I'm Dave. I'm John. And we're coming to you live on Twitch. If you ever follow our Twitch, you should probably join our Twitch and follow us and watch us on Twitch because that's always fun too. Um, hoping that Alec was going to show up, but I don't think he's going to tonight. I don't think he's going to make it. We miss Alec. We miss him so much. Yes, we do. Uh, his funny snowback accent and, and his pleasant Canadian sorry. 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 <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, I guess we'll just jump right into it. So, in the current events, actually, let's let's jump into this first. Let's let's go into our topic requests. And first one up is: Do you believe we could be living in a simulation? <laughs> John, do you believe we're living in a simulation? Yes. Yeah, I I tend to as well. I I. I agree. I mean, I think I think people uh, sort of misinterpret what simulation is, and they they're thinking the the matrix, the matrix, and everything, which it sort of is. But I mean, we are all On a real part scale. Of, yeah, we're all part of a we're, human we're, simulation. Yeah, we're guinea pigs. We're all guinea pigs. I mean, Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, the World Economic Forum. I'll even say the lizard people, even though they're probably not really lizards. Although some of them are quite old and scaly. No, they're fucking lizards. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we are definitely living in this And the sooner people wake up and realize this, the sooner they can move on and try to work around the simulation. So. No, um, unfortunately, um, nobody wants to wake up and see. That's true. That's completely true. It's easier. It's easier to uh, get mad about the current thing and then forget about it. Five minutes later and move on when see to, when cnn tells you to yeah and move on to something else so that way you don't have to sit there uncomfortably and thinking about it so um, yeah by the way nobody on epstein's client list has been arrested yet apparent no uh oh oh, oh yeah i saw i saw apparently, apparently they they're talking about going public with the list Yep. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, I'll leave it when I see it. Bear in mind, the next few years are going to be people trying to do whatever they can to either get elected or stay in office. So I would not be surprised if it did get released for somebody to gain points for an election. I bet you that person's name will not be on the list. Nope. You're going to start seeing a lot of Republicans 
trying to release and slander Democrats in any way they can, and that includes releasing a client list that their name may or may not be on. Good point. So I can definitely see it happening. Where is Schmitty? We need a mod. It's a bot. Uh, How the hell? I don't think... I'm not allowed... You should be. You should be set up as a mod. What do we have a? Do we have a porn bot? How do I get rid of them? Oh, I can do it. Gone. I yeah. forgot. I forgot. I control that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if it actually does happen. Um, strictly for election points. Yeah. Next. What do um, I? Do I just click on the? Sorry. Go ahead, Luke. How <clears throat> how do the Simpsons keep getting their predictions? Because Matt Matt Groening is a fucking wizard. Mm-hmm. I believe he's a level thirty magic. Yeah, he's wizard. a level thirty warlock. <laughs> okay, well, I guess now we'll actually go into some current events. So. Uh, Pulitzer Prize winner, winning uh, reporter, um, Seymour Hirsch. Seymour uh, Butt. Is, <laughs> is claiming that uh, the U.S. blew up the Nord Stream pipelines one and two. We already knew that. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> mm. well, it's, it's pretty common knowledge that it wasn't Russian. So, but no. He's he's claiming that uh, not only did uh, Biden in a conference back in, I believe it was February, said that uh, if February of last year said that if Russia invaded, the Nord pipelines would be no more. Right. But, we, we already fucking knew that. But uh, he's claiming that he has a source that was in on the planning process of when uh, <coughs> when they were doing the Baltic uh, Operation 22 back in June, that the U.S. Uh, was going to plant C4 along the pipeline with a remote detonator so they could detonate it uh, in September. I'm not at I I'm not at all surprised by that. No, me neither. And um, we all knew that was going to happen, anyways. Germany already claims that they don't rule out Western powers doing it to blame Russia as well. After was it 23, 23 separate intelligence agencies all all ruled out Russia doing it themselves. So right. But I guess he uh, published it on his uh, Substack uh, blog. Um, and, I mean, the article that I pulled up was from uh, the Times out of uh, UK. And they had already deleted it, so it's only available through archives. Right. But, yeah. No, it's 
it's looking more and more like it was definitely a U.S. job done by the CIA. So, yeah, I mean, I believe even Fox News is running with it now too. So, now add on the fact that the U.S. allowed a very obvious uh, surveillance balloon to flow all the way across the country and give China the the knowledge that we know that they're doing it and that we won't stop them if they were to throw some, even though now supposedly we've shot down two over uh, Alaska in the last two days. Allegedly. Allegedly. Because China's already got what they need. Yeah, well, exactly. they're already yeah, yeah, and China's pissed off because we refuse to to give them their balloon back. <laughs> like I'm still look, I'm still pissed off at that. Like fucking two hundred twenty million dollars for an aircraft to shoot down a goddamn helium balloon. I'm just and they shot it down over the ocean, so the salt water will destroy everything, make yeah. it <laughs> make it hard to pull any intel off of it. When they could have yep. shot it down over Alaska or Montana, yeah. and just let it—I mean, wouldn't even would wouldn't even have to use a missile. Just shoot it a couple times with a couple cannon rounds off of the. If it's if it's actually a Chinese balloon. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, it could it could very well be ours. I mean, yeah. But. Um, like I was listening to another podcaster say, if that were the case, you would have seen China denying that they that uh, it was their balloon, and they never really publicly came out and denied any of any of that. So right, <clears throat> they just claimed that it was. I think they claimed that it was a weather monitoring de- device or something. <coughs> yeah, sure. I mean, it's not like that's not a normal thing, anyways. Yeah. China just doesn't have the money to spy like the rest of the world does. <laughs> well, we do the same thing, though. Yeah, I mean, absolutely do. I mean, those weather we those, use satellites. Well, yeah, but we we use those balloons also, and we've used yeah. those balloons on ourselves. Yep. I mean, it's been documented that they've been using that technology since what the fifties or forties. Yep. We've been using it all over the world, including in the U.S. Yeah, so, it started in, started back in the forties. Yeah, back when they were using blimps to uh, deter aircraft. Yep. Yep. Um. <clears throat> next up, so central bank digital currencies. UK is getting close to releasing their digital pound. Uh, yeah, Bahamas. Hmm. Bahamas, Nigeria, and Jamaica already have. And the U.S. is uh, looking at it as well. So um, the downside to it is, the huge downside to it is. They control your money. Pretty yep. much. It's like smart technology. It's yep. It's in the hands of somebody else. I mean, will they get rid of, will it just be instantaneous getting rid of the physical dollar no uh, um but that'll take years though yeah it'll probably be at least a decade or two before they can get rid of 
physical money and have everybody switched over to uh, central bank currency and stuff, digital yeah, currency. It'll, it'll start with government employees and the military. No, and I think it'll start with start with uh, EBT. Uh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, start with start with uh, like a food stamp program and stuff. But That's like, already digital. It's digital, but to a point. To a point. It'll, yeah, it'll go from being a card to um, uh, uh, like a fucking uh, app on your phone. Yeah, but I mean, and and the thing is with with the current system and stuff as far as the uh, food stamps and everything it's not traceable so much i mean right with this they can they can watch every percentage of every dollar that they give somebody in the food stamp program and watch where it goes the republicans are going to are probably going to push it more than anything for the food stamp program to <coughs> regulate like people misusing right. it for like cigarettes or um, they're they're probably going to put because for years they've been talking about like taking the ability of buying um, like pop and soda yeah. off of uh, that program and stuff, but this would be the way that they could actually do that. And it not only that, but they can track everything. They can also set expirations on stuff. They can be like, Hey, we're going to give you your tax refund all in, all in uh, the new central bank digital currency. And you have 90 days to spend it. There's no saving it up. Yep. I'm buying guns. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but they and they won't let you they won't let you oh no I'll find a way don't you worry about that there's a way <laughs> there's a way yeah it's called Bitcoin <laughs> yeah until that crashes too yep ah Schmitty I don't know I'm still buying as much Bitcoin as I can I'm still sitting on my 2000 dip. My 2000 Doge coins. Doge is the future. <laughs> uh, Doge, I'm pretty, well, listen, Doge is centralized, so uh, I'm pretty sure that they might go after you for securities on that one. Probably. <laughs> they can't do that with the Bitcoin. Uh um moving on so gun rights groups along with 25 states have filed lawsuit against uh the atf over the pistol braces yep uh nra uh gun owners of america and gun owners foundation along with who are these other ones um along with the West Virginia Attorney General, North Dakota Attorney General, um, and then also Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Idaho, um, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Hampshire, 
Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Utah, Virginia, Wyoming, and also the Attorney General of uh, Texas mm-hmm. have all filed lawsuits against the ATF for um, over their pistol bracelets. You see the picture I sent you, the dude walking around shop show with the pistol braces taped to his shoulders? <laughs> I saw the pic. Right I saw the picture of him at the ATF booth. Yeah, at, at the ATF booth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that mad lad, dude. Nope, missed it. You missed I'll, that uh, picture? I'll find yeah. it. I'll find it and resend it. He took two pistol braces and um, uh, box taped them to his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> I was walking around with two pistol braces, shouldered it. Blaking. Walked right up to the ATF booth. <laughs> I think the ATF, I think the ATF agent there was laughing in the picture. Also, <laughs> uh, but I mean, but it's completely asinine. I mean, it is. It absolutely is. I I can't remember the number of states that just making uh, that an SBR automatically made it like a complete felony in those states because those states outlawed SBRs. I wonder what happened. That's why they a, did it. I wonder what'll happen if I put a pistol brace on my 18 inch. Nothing. Yeah, I don't think anything. Because the barrel's already over whatever and, uh, like the SBR length is. But can I but but can I shoulder it? Yes. Yes. I think. I'm I not giving so. legal advice. Huh. I I believe so. I want to put one on my 12 gauge. Oh shit! And on my AK. I should be and okay my, though. Uh, and on my revolver, I want to put one on my revolver too. Because I I believe the only the only reason <laughs> why is because it resembles a stock, right? And it's on. Uh, it's on a pistol because the barrel length is not rifle below six below sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So I don't know why it wouldn't just be considered a stock on a full length rifle at that point. I don't know why I would put one on a full length rifle, anyways, other than to be an asshole. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, honestly. <laughs> I I toyed with the idea of, of getting an AR pistol or making an AR pistol and I honestly didn't think I would even put a put a brace on it if if I wanted right. to shoulder it. The buffer tube would be perfectly fine for that. <laughs> right. Oh. The alphabets are coming after John. He's going. He's going looking for him. Now I'm hearing a noise. It's the cat scratching the wall. Oh, I figured it was the ATF at your door. Trying to find. Trying to figure out if you had a dog that they could shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, so the CDC has officially added the original COVID jab to childhood vaccine uh, schedule. Fuck you. 
So the only reason why they would be doing that is because Pfizer pays them so much money. Yep. Um, so I actually um, was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast the other day, and he was talking to, uh, I can't think of her name. She's the one that goes around. She's got the show on National Geographic, the Portuguese um, Portuguese chick that like goes and interviews like poachers and drug dealers and shit like that. Can't think of her name right now. Um, I'm gonna look it up while I'm talking or while I'm talking about it. Uh, and she was talking about the pain clinics in uh, Florida. I don't know if you're familiar with those or not. Pain basically, clinics. Pain clinics. Basically, you could walk in, say my back hurts. They would write you a prescription for Oxy or Vicodin, and then you would go next door to a pharmacy that is owned by that pain clinic. They would write you the prescription and you could go to these pain clinics all over the place and do this all day long and collect enough to go sell. Um, but she brought up the point of um, the pharmace- pharmaceutical companies that produce these things um, will basically give kickbacks to uh, doctors for using their product. Yeah. And that's exactly what's happening with this. I guarantee you all of these chiefs of medicine and uh heads of heads of surgery and shit like that are all getting massive fucking kickbacks for pushing this fucking vaccine. Your state and uh, private funded hospitals alike. Yep. I mean, there's there's absolutely no reason for the CDC to put and especially the original jab on the childhood schedule, especially when all these countries are starting to, you know, not recommend the vaccine to anybody under the age of 50. Mm-hmm. That's why they're doing it. Yep. Well, they can do it in the U.S. because it's a U.S.-based company. Mariana Von Zeller, that's her name. Okay. I mean, in the government's in their back pocket anyways, so... Or they're in the back pocket of the government anyways. I mean, we are in an oligarchy. We are in a neo-fascist state at this point. No, absolutely we are. I mean, ever ever since... Ever since uh, the politicians, the representatives stopped writing bills... And legislation, and it was mostly the lobbyists writing it. Um, we've been a fascist state, so yeah. So of course the drug companies yep. are going to, you know, get it thrown on, thrown on to uh, the schedule. So no, if you have kids, make sure you're paying attention to what vaccines. Their doctors are trying to vax them. I mean, yep. Well, I, you should be watching it anyways. But. I mean, yeah. I mean, my wife and I in no way yeah. are anti-vax. <laughs> Use my child as a pincushion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I don't want my kids to get polio. Well, look, I don't. I, I don't. I don't want them to get. <laughs> I don't want them life. to go go through measles or anything like that but look i look i've said it a million times like i'm not anti-vax but i do love walking around in a land of nobody ever got fucking polio ever again 
Yep. Amber Amber said in the chat, "Why why is it going to level up their autism?" What is it? 20, 22 vaccines right now before the age yep. of six, I think. Mm -hmm. And most of them oh, have wow. aluminum in them now. Oh, I mean, we used to play with mercury. And oh, <laughs> my teacher! Sure. My teacher put a drop of mercury in one of our hands, and we passed it around the classroom. <laughs> yep. Man, those were Fine the here. Days. I think those were the days. But yeah, 23 vaccines prior to six years old is what the United States crams uh, yep. crams into your children's arms. Yep. Um, so actually, Lenore can probably find you the list of childhood vaccinations. Lenore asked, um, uh, why are there so many vaccinations? Let oh, me yeah. see if I can find I them here. I mean, I'm not entirely sure if that is that counting the flu vaccines, too, because I know they <coughs> they recommend the flu vaccines, but I we've never done that. Before. So here's the CDC's table here. Let me find it here. Where's the schedule? Where to go? Birth to six years old. Download schedule. This once. So you've got Hep B, rotavirus, pertussis, and tetanus. Influenza type B, pneumococcal disease, polio, COVID-19 now, influenza, mumps and rubella, chicken pox, and hep A. So it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 10 from birth to 6 years old. Um, but then they've split it up to where they add measles, mumps, and rubella under the MMR. Um, so it's actually three shots within that one. Um, and that's it. So yeah, it's 10 total right now. Um, yeah. do, I thought they did TB too. Uh, no, no TB and TB. You can't even get tested for that until I believe you're 13 or 16. I can't remember. And then from seven to, what is this? 18. 7 to 18, they have the COVID vaccine um, as their number one, the flu vaccine, Tdap for diphtheria and pertussis, HPV, um, uh, meningot menin meningi fucking meningitis, yep. <laughs> MMR, um, chicken pox, hep A, hep B, and IPV, along with um, dengue, depending on where you live. You know, I have I have my uh, son's um his first year he got Hep B DTAP uh Hib polio MMR uh, another Hep B actually two doses of Hep B <laughs> um Versilia rotavirus Hep A. Um, they wanted him to get the seasonal influenza and then Hep is the series you're right, And then uh pneumococcal. Yeah. PCV 
13. Yep, and most of them, as Amber stated, are required for public school in most states. Yep. Home school. Yeah, they're probably, Lenore says here, they do not recommend COVID vaccines for kids in any schedule. Yeah, it's a little different there because I'm pretty sure your doctors aren't as easily bought as ours are. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Did I say that out loud? For all 7,000. Didn't didn't I already just, didn't we just already cover this when we first started that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're all bought. So before I start getting more pissed about it, how about we move on to some other cool, fun topics? I agree. Okay. I want to show and tell. Yes, yes. Okay. Let, first, let's let's do the show and tell. Is I bought myself a lockpick kit. I wanted to start learning how to pick locks, and I found this one on Amazon. It was like 20 or 30 bucks, and it comes with an array of different um, tools for lockpicking. Yes, I know yours is nicer than mine. No, no. Actually, <laughs> yours is yours is a lot nicer than mine. Um, it comes with this nifty little credit card here that's also got some little some little lock picks in it. But the cool thing about this one is let me get into my, my bag of goodies here. Um, because I'm a very visual learner, it comes with acrylic locks so that way I can see how the pins move and where to put tension and how the locks work. As I as I kind of go, so that way I can learn where to where to apply pressure and how the pick works. Because um, once I once I can see it, I can picture it while I'm picking the lock, whether or when it's not an acrylic uh, acrylic lock. So I thought that was pretty cool. I wanted to show that. And I am so glad that you got that because yeah. the more the more people who get lock picks and learn how to use them the better it is because <clears throat> as Alec and I have both, have both stated all locks do are they slow people down. And they're a deterrent. They're not a they're, they're a deterrent. And once you realize how easy it is to actually pick a lock it opens your mind to how much more work your uh, home security plan needs. I will, Schmitty. I'll post the link up in uh, in Discord for you. Um, so far, I like it. I played with it a little bit this evening. I haven't gotten too far into it, but um, the picks are. I mean, the picks are pretty solid. Um, Alec and I, Alec, you know, um, voices distaste for the plastic uh, the plastic handles, but it gives me a little bit more of a a grip, honestly, because sometimes my fingers don't work like they're supposed to. Um, that old. You're getting old. In. Yeah, but um, other than that, I mean, it's got a couple of different tension bars. It's got multiple different um, individual picks. Uh, overall, I think for the money, it's a great starter kit yeah. um, just, to, just to carry around and tinker with. And I, I strongly recommend anybody who most states allow people to have lock picks. Um, some are a little touchy on keeping them in your vehicle and stuff, but. Um, <laughs> exactly but um no i encourage everybody to get them if you can and just yeah. just play around with them i mean 
Uh, Dave's Dave's acrylic practice locks are are awesome and everything, but you don't really need them. I mean, like I've said before, just get just get a couple of them, get a get a tensioner, and just try to pick your front door. I mean, yeah, like I said, I'm a I'm a visual learner, um, so once I see something and, and I figure it out while I'm watching it, I can visualize like what's going on inside that lock while I'm trying to use it. It makes it a little easier for me in the long run. And that's just the type of learner that I am. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are great tools and I think everybody should get, get a set. Um, I agree. I've I've been toying with the idea of getting some cheap ones just to throw up onto our website. So in our gear shop. Yeah, that Which, would be awesome. By the way, you can get this cool hat in our gear shop. Oh, wait. I have a button for that now. Ready? Uh, where's it at here? Oh, yeah. Whoop. <laughs> and now it pops up directly. Oh, does it? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I also wanted to talk about um, tonight, um, and we've touched, based on, we've touched base on it a lot, but there's a different... Um, different aspect of it to talk about now uh chickens we've talked we we've talked um here you go Shmendi, i'll do it again um we've talked countless times about um if you can the ability to get birds um and i wanted to kind of talk a little bit more about about that in particular so i'm in the process um because i lost one of my birds to a uh, possum which I then murdered at one o'clock in the morning in my underwear and DC sneakers while my lovely fiance was basically like that um, antagonistic child on a porch yelling, get it, get it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We want a video. (laughs) (laughs) But we're trying, so I'm trying to find, um, I want to get five more, four to five more birds and a rooster. Uh, me and a guy from work have tried multiple places, um, and we found a promising one that had a great selection. Um, we sent somebody there to go pick it up, and he got there at open. There was a line there of people who said they had been there since about 5.30 in the morning waiting for the place to open to get a hold of the birds. Um, so I wanted to talk about if you're if you're thinking about it, um, what to look for, um, and to pretty much grab what you can. Um, so I've got a list of birds that I've been looking at here. Um, uh, just a short list. Um, and what I look for when I'm looking at birds, obviously I like my flocks to look pretty, but at the same time, it has to be practical. Um, just kind of going down the list of the common birds that you're going to find. Uh, and what they lay, um, what their output is. Um, so around here, the common ones are the Buckeyes, which lay three to four eggs a week. Uh, Colombian Wyandots, which lay two to three eggs a week, but they're very pretty birds. Buff Orpingtons lay three to five. Silver Wyandots lay three to five. Rhode Island Reds, if you can find them, you need to get them. Uh, Rhode Island Reds will lay five to six eggs a week per bird um, with the correct diet. Um, Easter Eggers, which lay very beautiful green eggs, um, lay three to five eggs a week. 
Um, speckled Sussex are very, 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 very pretty birds, and they lay an average of five eggs per week. Um, Cucko Morans, which I have two of, um, which are laying fucking massive eggs right now. It's like ostrich eggs. Um, they lay three to five a week. Um, and then cream leg bars will lay about four a week. And those are the most average birds or the most common birds you're going to find when you go into like tractor supply or you go into your local feed store. Um, so I would take that list if you're thinking about getting birds and try to nab something off of it as they're probably going to be your best producers and they're going to be the most commonly available. Uh, chickens only run about three ninety nine um, per or per chick. Uh, they have to stay indoors under a heat lamp until they get their first feathers, and then they can go out into your coop with your other birds. Um, and they won't start laying until it's been about 26 weeks. Uh, but definitely, um, definitely consider it and grab what you can when you can, because uh, it's going to be very tough this year to get birds. A lot of them come from Texas, and that storm that just rolled through delayed a lot of shipments for birds. Um, so everybody's kind of scrambling to get what they can and they're going to sell out very quick, no matter where you go. That's all I, that's all I got on chickens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, interesting. I, I wish, I wish I had some place to put chickens here. Um, just so you know, if you do decide you want to do quail, I can give you a link to a place that will sell you quail and they will ship them to your house. Oh, I got a place. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, <clears throat> the, um, uh, elevator. Gotcha. Uh, the elevator, uh, in the next town, next couple towns south of us. Oh, I went to school with the owner of it and stuff and he usually sells quail. And, gotcha. Yeah. Sells quail and quail feed and stuff. So. Gotcha. Good. Yeah, that's just that's just mostly having room for them because, like, I opened my shed today and <laughs> I'm like, "Where's the shovel?" And my wife was like, "It's in here or it's in there someplace." <laughs> clean, clean your shit. Uh, gotta wait for Christmas. Christmas. Gotta wait for winter to be done with, so that way I can. Do some spring cleaning. What's what's winter? Screw you. (laughs) John, what is down under today? Okay. It's about Dr. Andy Thomas. He's the first Australian astronaut. Dr. Thomas has a long and illustrious, illustrious career in space exploration and has made significant contributions to the field of astronautics. He has flown on four space shuttle missions and spent a total of 178 days in space. He's an experienced astronaut, deep understandings of technical and operational aspects of space flight. He's well-respected by his peers and known for his exceptional work ethic and dedication to his craft. He's, he's like me. He is a dual citizen. He's a U.S. and Australian citizen. 
I think that was because, don't quote me, but I think years ago you had to be an American to go up an American spacecraft. I may be totally wrong. But, yeah, he's he's an awesome guy. Never met him, but I'd love to, and I'd buy him several beers. That's about it for me. Nice. I do have a history segment, too, Luke. I finally actually put one together. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, go for it. All right. Well, I just... All right. All right. So let's uh, let's get into this here real quick. Um, it's not a super long one, but um, something that I'm super into. Miss Lenore, I think, will appreciate this as well. Uh, throughout history, cultures across the world have searched for purpose and meaning, leading them to believe in the unbelievable. Today in Dave's history class, we begin our climb of the great world tree, Yggdrasil, to hang out with the Aesir. Grab your horn and mead as we explore the one-eyed Allfather, Odin. Allfather, far wanderer, warrior of warriors. Odin has many names. He is the god of gods, war, and death. His hall, Valhalla, is the prize of warriors. It is said when a warrior dies in battle, Odin selects his few to join him in Valhalla, where he or where they shall drink and fight as they wait for Ragnarok or the end of times. Norse mythology describes Valhalla as a wonderful hall, roofed with the shields of the fallen, where warriors feast on the flesh of a wild boar that is or that every day is slain, and every night is made whole again. Mead flows from the udders of a goat, and every day they fight each other in sport. Here the warriors live until Ragnarok where they will march side by side through the 540 doors to meet the giants with Odin. It is widely believed that when a warrior is killed in battle, it is because Odin chose him to strengthen his army. Odin is said to have two sons, Baldr, the god of beauty, purity, light, and joy, with his first wife, Rig, and Thor, god of strength, with his second wife, Jord. Odin is depicted in one eye while sitting on his throne, and you got to pronounce, forgive me on some of these pronunciation because I am not uh, Norwegian. So, <laughs> um, Hiddleskull, with his wife Frigg, he gazed across the whole world, um, but he wanted more. He wanted to know everything. He wanted to, to know wisdom and to learn the things that were hidden from him. In his quest for infinite knowledge, he sacrificed his eye and, and Mimir as well, then threw himself on Gungir, his spear and hanged himself from Yggdrasil, the tree of life, for nine days and nine nights to gain knowledge of other worlds and to have the ability to understand the runes. Through this ritual sacrifice, it is said that Odin also gained knowledge to cure the sick, calm storms, make women fall in love, and render the troll women harmless with nothing more than a look. Odin was also depicted as an animal lover. He is said to have two ravens, Hugin, Thought, and Moon in memory, who fly around the realms and report back what they see. Slipnir, his eight-legged horse, which can run through the, or run through all of the worlds, and Gary and Frecky, his two wolves. As if infinite knowledge weren't enough, Odin is also or said to have been a shapeshifter. He could fall into a trance, leave his body, allowing him to take the form of a person or beast. He would often travel as a bird, a four-legged animal, a fish, or a snake, traveling through the worlds. Odin is portrayed as a very charming man who enjoys drinking mead and wine, 
though he was accused of unmanly behavior when he beat the drum and practiced prophecy, which is often associated with women, though he learned the art of prophecy from the goddess Freya, being a man and a seer, often provoked disgust. With the name Allfather, it is often mistaken that Odin was the first god. While mythology is patchy and incomplete, two sources from the 13th century, the Prose Eda and the Poetic Eda, help paint a picture of the start. In, a, or in actual fact, the creation of the universe was, a viol or was violent in the beginning, and while he does play a part, Odin is not the main character. So where does he begin? The entire universe is made up of nine realms. Asgard, Alf Alfheimer, uh, Neo Neoviller, Midgard, Jotunheim, Vanheim, Nilf Nilfheim, Muspelheim, and Hell. At the center is Yggdrasil, the tree of life, which connects all nine realms. At the beginning, the flames of Muspelheim, got, or, um, the hot glowing land to the south, guarded by Surt, the fire giant, melted the ice of, Nilf or the, the ice of Nilfhelm. Nilfheim was a, or the cold, dark, misty world of the dead, ruled by the goddess Hell. This led to the creation of two entities, Ymir the giant and Odhumla the cow. These creatures triggered the events that would see the creation of Odin and his brothers, Vili and V. The three killed Ymir and used his entrails to create the universe. His blood became the oceans and the rivers. His flesh became the land. His bones and teeth became the mountains and the rocks. His hair became the grass and the trees, and his eyelashes became Midgard. Odin then created the first humans from two pieces of wood. Odin infused the wood with life and spirit, while his brothers gave it blood and senses. This combination created the first humans, Ask and Embla, and the two were given Midgard to start the human race. Ending on a badass, or the badassery note, Odin, being associated with war and mythology, sees him as the leader of the Wild Hunt. The Wild Hunt is an army of dead who ride across the dark stormy skies, mostly in winter. Or winter. Witnessing a wild hunt is said to foretell catastrophe such as plague and war. It may even lead to the death of those who see it. As the wild hunt passes over, people are abducted to the underworld or taken to far off places and left for dead. It was said that these spir or the spirits of those sleeping were also taken from their bodies and thrust into, or into the charge of the wild hunt, joining their charge across the winter skies. Nice. Yeah. I got bored with cowboys. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, this week I wanted to talk about um, getting your kids into gardening and not just having them help you out around your garden, but actually setting them up their own small garden or plot for them to garden side by side with you. And some reasons for this is it teaches some good life skills, um, <coughs> basically how to feed yourself. Um, it can be used as a homeschool uh, curriculum. It uh, can be used uh, to teach responsibility because, hello, you got to eat, and if you don't take care of your garden, you ain't going to eat. Um, and promotes healthy eating, uh, eating your fruits and vegetables, as healthy as that can be. I mean, it's going to be healthier than whatever you buy at the store. 
but the biggest thing is uh my wife and i um since we're homeschooling our two youngest right now they're rated about the right age to, to start getting them into actually doing their own garden uh five and they'll be five and three um <clears throat> So some things that you might want to think about with a small garden plot for them is, and don't give them anything too big. Um, we're thinking maybe like a four by four uh, plot, and you may want to look at maybe doing like a raised bed or like a like a, a like a plant table or something like that, uh, just to raise it up, give them something closer to their own height um <clears throat> to start working on and everything um and not really saying to stack the deck in their favor but make it a little bit easier because uh with them being especially younger ones like our kids um uh you don't want them to get discouraged right away because if a kid if the kids can't grow anything, then they're going to be super discouraged and they're not going to want to keep doing it. So I'm not saying, you know, get a bunch of like fertilizer and fertilize the shit out of the, out of the garden and, and do all the stuff that isn't good for the land or your garden or your health, but maybe get them some good quality soil, some good quality compost dirt. Um, and, you know, maybe like if you're doing like an organic uh, fertilizer, like a uh, uh, compost tea or something, maybe put some of that, help them put some of that on their garden as well. But do whatever you can to help them uh, get the garden started and then show them how to take care of it. Uh, make sure to have it someplace close to a water source. If you don't garden, it's still a good idea to teach them how to garden. Hey, Doggo is here with us. Doggo this... wanted to come in. Aw, that's Doggo. <laughs> um, <coughs> there's all kinds of good books on it. Um, I bought this one after listening to an interview on the Survival Podcast with uh, uh, this young lady and stuff. Um, I think she's 12 now, but when she wrote the book, I think she was nine. And she, I believe, holds the record right now for the most varieties of tomatoes grown in a single season. Um, <clears throat> my wife also got this one, which is a Winnie, Winnie the Pooh uh, Learn to Garden book for our kids. And then also, um, I've had this one since I was young, um, which is... Has all kinds of like uh, science and nature experiments to do, uh, and some of them are especially geared towards gardening and everything. But I mean, it's a good idea. Just get your kids, teach them how to grow their own food. Um, of course. And, I mean, give them some let let them pick out what they want to grow. I mean, maybe gear it towards like stuff that stuff that you know will actually grow and stuff that is good um like you know green beans are super simple to grow um and they're definitely going to need some help if you're doing any kind of trellising or if they're a vine um like a pole bean or something like that uh they're going to probably need some help 
putting something up for them to uh, cling to um, and climb. But like do that. Uh, strawberries, strawberries are super easy to grow. Um, and the problem with strawberries, though, are uh, you have to keep them cut back so they don't take over the whole garden. But that's something that your kids would would watch grow. They can watch them grow. They'd be easy. To, it'd be easy for them to know when they're ripe enough to pick. And what kid doesn't like strawberries? Um, but like green beans, strawberries, um, maybe cucumbers, uh, tomatoes, if they like tomatoes. I mean, some kids don't really like tomatoes, but um, just, just give them luck. Give them the catalog and let them give them a catalog and let them pick through it and help them make some decisions and stuff. But just start teaching them how to grow a garden, how to maintain a garden. I mean, it's not that hard. And hey, if you're not a gardener, this is a good way to get yourself into a garden. Even if you're in an apartment, give them a couple pots of of dirt and just let them try growing something in those pots uh, out on the balcony or up on a roof or someplace, someplace that you can put the pots to grow. Um, I mean, even in, even in a sunny window. So, uh, Lenore wants to know if you have any tips on growing tomatoes in limited space. Um, I mean, depends on how limited space i mean that's the nice the nice thing about tomatoes are you can put them in a in a flower pot without an issue um i'd say uh i don't know what what sizing they go by over there as far as flower pots but like a gallon size flower pot um here i don't know whether you guys do like a two liter three liter four liter size pots or how they how how they measure the flower pots over there but i mean really a pot about this big you could probably grow a about a medium sized tomato plant most tomato plants and um you might have to get like a tomato cage to put on it just to keep it upright and stuff but i mean you could get you can get a ton of tomatoes off of it off of one tomato plant um the key is you know once they start once they start to ripen make sure to pick the peppers and tomato plants and bean plants the more you pick them the more they're going to keep producing so um and also with like for us we almost always have to pick our tomatoes while they're still green and just let them ripen on our counter um, because otherwise generally they start splitting once before they even, you know, fully mature. But that's the nice thing about tomatoes are you can pick them while they're green and they'll ripen on your counter. So, yep. um, or you just eat them green or just eat them green. I mean, that's also specialty too. Yep. Um, no, <laughs> um, but yeah, you should be able to, I mean, like I said, it depends on how much limited space. I've never tried growing a mature tomato plant inside the house. Um, we've always started them inside the house and then 
uh, transitioned them out into a garden, but I know that you can grow them in a pot if you don't have like a balcony or some plate or an outdoor exposure for them and stuff. I believe you could grow them in like a in a um, window facing the sun that gets enough sunlight. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that they would probably still produce. Um, you might have to self pollinate them, but that isn't that hard either. Um, you could always do a small greenhouse. You could, but that's going to take up a lot of room. And for somebody who's talking about limited space, I would. Um, she said, <laughs> I'm moving to a place with a patio type of situation, so stuck with pots. Um, yeah, you would will, have no problem with that. And and I'll send you the link of these really cool pots that Amber and I got. Um, they're essentially vinyl, insulated vinyl. Um, they're designed specifically for like root vegetables, but you can use. I mean, you can plant whatever the hell you want in them. Carrots, um, tomato plants, whatever you want. Um, let me see if I can find them. But honestly, even even just like a like a like a small bucket i mean yeah you yeah, do mushrooms too see i'm not a big fan of mushrooms but yeah i mean that'd be that'd be something to look into also lenore i'm sending you a link right now i mean tomatoes are the one thing that we cannot ever kill in our our garden. I mean, and and hell, every year we have, we probably have 50 to 100 volunteers that shoot up in our garden. Um, Before my wife and I moved here um, and we were still living in Lansing, we had one year where our whole uh, tomato production was all volunteer tomato plants from the previous year. Like, and it was it was a massive. It was probably eight foot by four foot bed full of just volunteer tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> to the point to the point where we had to, you know, we had to thin thin them out. Just had to thin them out really bad because it was. They were coming up so close together. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah, and and those ones weren't even getting much sunlight. And yeah, tomatoes. Tomatoes are an easy, are an easy one here. I'm not entirely sure how they how it would be in your. Well, I I thought your climate was was close to what ours was. Maybe a little bit colder in the in the winter but um yeah i would say if if you're gonna have some place with an outdoor patio yeah just just put i mean honestly you could probably just do like two pots of them like two two plants i mean it depends on how how much you really like tomatoes two plants would get my whole family through tomatoes for the whole season Oh yeah, I, one would be enough for us because we don't. Neither of us like tomatoes. Yeah, I mean, on our food, we we'll use them <laughs> in things, but 
we like, we use it. I'm not gonna sit there and eat a tomato like a fucking apple like some people do. Yeah, we we use it in in things. Um, it's all mushy and well. Like we use it in like tacos and nachos. And, um, white people tacos. White people tacos. Yep. Um. That no no, no. American tacos. Not even, not even Caucasian tacos because there are Caucasian Latinos. <laughs> <laughs> if you check the forty four seventy three at any gun shop, there's a there's a difference. <laughs> um, but no, um, uh, tacos, nachos, uh, chili, some soups, uh, salads, but. I mean, we don't generally just slice. Oh, I take that back. My son, <laughs> my son, eats them like apples. I take that. Back. Uh, Schmitty said that he'll pull them right off the vine and eat them, and I, I reminded him how disgusting he is. <laughs> told him he was gross. <laughs> Lenore said that I used her to fiance do that likes them. Uh, Lenore's fiance likes them uh, pickled, which is also disgusting. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not a pickler. But, I mean, knowing where she's from and where he's from, I assume that everything they eat over there is probably pickled, like herring and pine cones and I don't, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> pickled pine cones. Interesting. Do they have pine cones up there? I'm sure they do. There are <laughs> pine trees found on most continents. Oh, she yelled at me, said the pine cone is jammed. Jam. Okay. They, they jam okay. the pine That makes sense. It. Oh, that sounds good. Pinecone pine that... jam. <laughs> just go out and eat a bunch of tree sap. I assume it tastes the same. <laughs> John, John, are there pine trees in Australia? Yes. Do they have yeah, they... pine cones? Yes. I think pine trees, pine trees and um oak trees. Is it oak? Yeah, oak are the only two trees that are found on most continents. I think oak are actually on every continent. You'll find an oak tree. Including um, but Antarctica? Pine... Is that technically a fucking... Technically, continent? that is the seventh continent. The sheet ice, fuck off. Um, there is dirt. There is dirt. I've seen but, pictures. But yeah, those are the two trees that are found on almost every continent. <laughs> But yeah, you shouldn't have an issue. I don't. I don't think you'd have an issue. I don't even think you'd have to even start them in the house. Probably. I mean, it depends. I don't. I don't know what, how long of a grow season you have there, but it doesn't take long for them to grow. Honestly, we we've stopped starting seeds in the house because we have a horrible time uh, hardening them and getting them out. Because well, you just have to just have to talk dirty to it and just rub it in the right way and it'll harden exactly right have you tried have you tried putting your mouth on it <laughs> see <laughs> it, it just goes too quick for me just... <laughs> see I, i'm like oh and it's done <laughs> There are tablets, uh, tablets for for that there problem. Are, there are. You can get them at the gas station how, for four dollars. How, how do you feed tablets to a tomato plant? 
Oh, we're oh, shut up. <laughs> put it in the water. <laughs> yep. I I've heard I've heard of this trick, and I don't know. Um, where you take a an aspirin or a couple aspirins and drop them in the hole with the seed of the tomato plant before, like when you start to grow it, and uh, it actually helps the tomato plant grow faster. I haven't ever tried it. Interesting. Lenore has me intrigued on this pine cone jam, so I'm trying to get her to tell us the recipe in the chat because I'm curious as to what this is. She said you pick them when they're small. Um, like when they're still green? Yeah, when they're still green. I've um, heard, I've, I believe I've heard of something like that. But yep, she said you pick them when they're small baby pine cones. Now, is there a specific tree or okay. species? She sent she sent me a link here. All right, let's see. Okay. Uh you can make tea mostly with the small white ones. Yep, and they're still kind of greenish. Where's the recipe at? Talks about the types of pine cones. Just give me the recipe. I'm trying to type this into my into my browser right now and Okay. Pine cone, pine cone cider jam. Prep time 30 minutes, cook time an hour and a half. Um, appetizer, condiment, um, Georgian Russian. The ingredients. Half gallon unfiltered apple juice or apple cider. The darkest, most unprocessed you can find. Preferably will give the darkest syrup. If you want a higher proportion of syrup to pine cones, use three quarters of a gallon instead of half. One quarter inch piece of cinnamon two cloves, and one quarter cup of young pine cones. Hmm. Um, rinse the pine cones to remove any debris. Uh, bring a few cups of water to a boil and blanch the pine cones for one to two minutes. Remove and reserve. In one gallon pot with high sides about eight to ten inches in diameter, combine the cider, bouquet of warm spices, pinch of salt, and pine cones and bring them to a boil. Turn down the heat and set to simmer for one hour while you do something else. After an hour, check on the reduction and gauge how much time it will take to reduce down to about one and a half cups or so, um, at which point you should baby it. Watching it carefully to make sure the consistency is to your liking, continue reducing at a brisk simmer until the bubbles start to increase in size and threaten to creep up the sides of the pan. Um, when the bubbles are large and the mixture is reduced to the consistency of warm honey, transfer the pine, or the pine cones and their syrup to a jar and allow it to cool uncovered for 30 minutes. Then put the jar with a tight-fitting lid, like a mason jar, into re refrigerate. Once chilled, inspect the thickness of your jam. Uh, if it seems too thick, 100% pine cones. Transfer to a bowl. Uh, warm it over... Warm it over a pot of simmering water to thin it and splash one tablespoon of cider. Mix well. Um, then put back in the, or the jar and refrigerate again, which will refresh the consistency. Keep it in the fridge with the lid sewed on tight, and it will last for a couple of months. God, I'm, I'm looking at some of this stuff right it now. Doesn't look, it doesn't look good. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at another... Another, uh, I imagine it's probably really good for you, because I mean it's all the all the um the vitamins and shit that come out of 
of fur, but um, I, 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 it doesn't look good. I, I found another one uh, in Eastern Europe and Russia. Sweet pine cone preserve are sold in stores by vendors. Um, there's a dark syrup. I mean, I might try it just because I'm I'm intrigued by it, but it, I'm not... it looks like it's a red pine. Is the is the cones that they all recommend? I think the recipe that I just saw said something about it, it was just mostly sugar, like so much sugar, water, and then boil with the pine cones. Yeah, which I mean that's. That's what the cider would be, is just replacing the sugar and the and the water. I mean, it's worth a try. Yeah. Maybe I'll try it and report back one night, or uh, one episode. God, I want to try it. it. It looks delicious. One, The pictures that I'm seeing. Anyways, I don't got anything else. Do we got anything else in the comments? I don't appear to see any. John, anything on Discord? Nope. Okay. Well, uh, I'd like to remind everybody, feel free to join our Discord server. If you are not on our Discord, we are always on there. If one of us are, or all five of us are. <laughs> uh, uh, Lenore did throw something up here. She said, not related to anything you guys have said today, but there have been some interesting things happening in Serbia and Kosovo in the past 24 hours. You guys are smart and always explain things well, so why is the U.S. position and policy on Kosovo so different from the U.S. position and policy on um, Luhansk, or Luhansk, the, the two provinces in fucking Ukraine? Uh, um, well, it's, 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 it's difference in political interest. I mean, Biden, go for it. We've been involved in Kosovo since, what was it, the early 90s was when we got, when we got wrapped up in, uh, in that shit in Sarajevo. Yeah. Um, that was honestly the last conflict I can think of that the United States, um, was justified in being involved in because that was a legitimate genocide. Um, it's the difference in... Um. Uh, political agenda. Yeah, there, I mean, there's, some, there's something to hide in Ukraine. There's something that um the U.S. doesn't want the rest of the world to find out. Um, and money. that's not yeah, and that's not the case in Kosovo. Yeah, I mean it's yeah that that's the that's the problem is you're looking at with the Ukraine. The U.S. has been well the administration has been funneling funds into the Ukraine for God, how many years? I mean, and hell, the the only reason why Zelensky is in power is because there was a U.S.-led um, coup to put him in power to begin with. Um, and that's... That's one of the biggest reasons why the civil war in the Ukraine has been going on for, what, nine years now? Yeah, 2014. Um, and now that Russia is, like, jumping in, trying to, like, uh, save the ethnic Russians on the eastern side of the Ukraine, the U.S. 
is I think the U.S. is mostly the administration is mostly afraid that secrets are going to come out of what's been going on, and that's that's why you have the big difference between the U.S. action and in uh, the Ukraine recently and the lack of action in Kosovo. I mean, that, that's that's probably the, the biggest thing. And honestly, uh, with what you just said, I'm, I'm interested in, because I, I don't hear much of anything about Kosovo um, or anything going on in that, in that specific region since well, Kosovo and the Serbs have been fighting for, yeah, I mean, they've, they've never, yeah, but going on. it's got, it's gotten real bad in the last couple of years. So I honestly, you have me interest piqued my interest. I'm going to look into it before next week, and maybe next week I'm I'll throw some stuff out there on that too. We'll we'll talk about Kosovo more. Sound good, Dave? Sounds good. John, sounds good to me. Do you yeah. think the U.S. would get involved if Russia backed the Serbian troops in trying to retake Kosovo? Um, honestly, probably not. There's nothing. There's nothing for them to find there, so the U.S. doesn't care. Yeah. There's the, no. There's no political gain in it. There's no. There's no money involved in it. Um. Unless they start. Unless they start slaughtering, um, slaughtering people and and essentially committing a genocide again. And I mean, even then, with the U.S.'s track record with recent genocides, they're going to turn a blind eye to it, anyways. I mean, look what's going on in China, and they just let it happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I don't. I don't know if you, if, if you're aware there of, like, all all the stuff that, all the stuff that's coming out right now. And well, I mean, conspiracy theorists have been talking about for since Obama, really, even was the president about all the shit that that this admin that Biden and that Biden's been doing with the Ukraine since he was the vice president for for Obama and I mean Hillary the Clintons had had involvement with the Ukraine I mean there's been so much stuff done in the Ukraine that the current administration wants to make sure that that isn't all publicly known yep I mean, they're between uh, the U.S. funded chemical labs and biological labs that that they're finding um, in the Ukraine, the the money laundering that's been going through the Ukraine for over a decade now um, through from U.S. politics Um yeah, there's. That's the problem. Is they, if if that hadn't happened in the Ukraine, then we wouldn't have anything to do probably with the Ukraine right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do some more research on what's going on there. Yeah. Um, because to be honest with you, I I quit paying attention to what was going on in Kosovo. Um. It was about a year and a half ago or so when this whole thing for or when they first started ramping up their uh their shit there. Um 
I'm going to do some research before I get too far into it because I don't want to speak uneducated. Yeah. And uh, honestly, like the whole shit the first time in, in Kosovo happened, when I was too young to really remember a lot of it. So um, I got to do a little more research on that one. Oh, we, we will definitely talk about it next week. We will answer that question for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, until, until next week though, everybody, um, uh, <laughs> Dave's playing with his new toy. Hey, we got an echo. I am going to commit great crime. I'm going to bust nut in water tower. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh until next week uh make sure to check out our merch shop um and then, uh follow us on instagram twitter uh me we and definitely join our discord to, to uh, talk to us uh subscribe to us on your favorite uh Podcatcher of choice. I recommend Fountain.fm to get an awesome uh, podcast app that will also pay you to listen to podcasts so, for free. So, anyways, until next week, this is Luke. I'm Dave. And John. And keep your powder dry, everyone. Not everybody. Not everybody.